And welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show. Joining you live from Wesley Chapel, Florida at Echelon Health, where we practice concierge medicine. And if you want to join us online, you can at AskDrTommy.com. And if you would like to join us on iTunes, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube. <clears throat> variety of ways to get there. And the best way to get there is, like I said, go to AskDrTommy.com and you can learn all about us. And another thing you can learn about on AskDrTommy.com is our stupendous partner who is giving us all of the best support we can get to help our patients get better and help us have a robust software solution. That's called Atlas MD. Atlas MD is a preeminent medical software for membership medicine practices. And if you would like to use Atlas MD and your membership medicine doctor like myself, and you practice direct primary care, or you practice concierge medicine, or you practice any kind of cash-based medicine where you don't need to interact with billing codes and ICD-9 codes and CPT codes and God only knows what else, go to AskDrTommy.com and click on the offer for special special offer for Atlas MD. And then you too uh, can uh, enjoy the benefits that we have for 60 days free. And today I have a very special guest is Dr. Vin Patel who is joining us. And he is here to talk about some of the things that are going on in his neck of the woods, which is in South Tampa. Dr. Patel. Thanks for having me, Tommy. You're welcome. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you, sir. Tell us about the name of your practices. Um, I have founded a practice called Evolve Personal Health uh, mm-hmm. in South Tampa. Um, we cater. Um, we are a direct primary care practice. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, we don't want to deal with the hassles of insurance. Uh I've done that for many years, and I found a lot of uh, uh, problems with that. So we we've kind of taken the middleman out, and now we are simply uh, beholden to the patient themselves. So we have a membership-based practice uh, like yourself, uh, based down in South Tampa, uh, where we treat our all of our patients um, with a, a multifaceted approach, kind of like what you do here, uh, diving into nutrition, into um, uh, physical health, as well as uh, what we think uh, one of our linchpins of our practice here is uh, introspective uh, counseling, which is basically uh, the the emotional and, and, and the mental health that you need to overcome some of these uh, medical ailments, these chronic diseases. Well, back up and tell me, why was it that you felt compelled? You know, you and I both, we started training and we practiced even in the old model. Yes. So what what made you decide this is not for me? Well, uh, let, let me take you back uh, to when I first started here. I was a uh, hospitalist for um, over a decade. Um, and, and within that system, you, you are, uh, what a hospitalist is, is you're an inpatient doctor. You only work in the hospital setting. Right. Uh, so they're very acute patients. Um, uh, what I found was that there seemed to be a revolving door. Uh, where we, we saw patients um, every few months or so. The same patients? Uh, the same patients. Um, now, obviously, they're, they're, uh, we saw many patients every mm-hmm. day, but there were a handful, and, and I would say more than a handful of patients, uh, that constantly kept coming in for um, one reason or another. And most, most of the underlying reasons uh, for this uh, repeat visit uh, were chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that you know, the system that we had were, were simply trying to put a Band-Aid over um, certain problems. Let's just say, for instance, uh, a cellulitis in a diabetic. Right. Um, when it occurs, we can we can treat it uh, 
fairly easily and sometimes with the fairly aggressive antibiotics. But this seemed to be the norm and it seemed to be a repetitive cycle. Every few months, uh, same patient population would come in with these same sort of diagnoses. And then I realized that it wasn't really the the treatment aspects that were um, beneficial to them. They actually saw it as um, uh, an inconvenience almost uh, to be in there being treated with big gun antibiotics to, sure. to interrupt their lives, to go back outside and do what they were doing. So I realized it was those in-between times that mm-hmm. we really needed to make that difference uh, within their lives. And um, after about a, a decade of practicing, um, we took a step back and analyzed, I, uh, my wife and I analyzed uh, what we were doing and uh, what we envisioned doing uh, prior to me uh, working uh, as a hospitalist. And we set out to create uh, Evolve Personal Health. Yeah, you know, I was this morning, I just had to go to the dentist and I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to go to the dentist this morning, get a teeth cleaning, tooth cleaning, whatever. And uh, I'm going to be there for 30 minutes and I'm going to get there on time and they're going to take me back on time. But even then, I was like, that's inconvenient. I can't imagine having to be hospitalized. I mean, I've had family members hospitalized and you have to be hospitalized when there are emergencies happen, you know. But things like cellulitis, I mean. Right. That's potentially very oftentimes preventable, and you're seeing the same people over and over again for that. Absolutely, yeah, I can see how that's frustrating as a you know someone who knows how to do it better. Not not only on the physician end, on the hospital end, as well as on the patient end. Everybody understood that that these problems were um, were something preventable, right? And and the simple fact was the system didn't allow us to to get to that point um, where uh, if if we needed a greater diligence uh, of uh, or greater scrutiny onto the patients um, taking their medications on, on their dietary habits on their exercise habits um, we we weren't allowed to do that or at least it wasn't reimbursable yeah uh, which is right. really the key I think here you know that a lot of these groups these hospital groups are doing a lot of stuff that we do you know that uh, they're doing we can email your doctor. We can text your doctor. Absolutely. Not about texting, but you can email your doctor. Yes. And do they pay those doctors extra for doing that? They they do not. It might be built within the system or built within your um, uh, pay structure, mm-hmm. but it's not anything that's individually reimbursed. And so you're getting reimbursed by a third party for doing this extra stuff. And it's not to say that they don't want to, but ha- who has enough time to do all these other things? Yeah, and the things that they have to do that we don't have to do is all of the, uh, like we talked about earlier, coding and stuff. So you can't fit all that into one day effectively. Right. So it kind of is, uh, it's at cross purposes when you're trying to do this extra kind of concierge level service, but you don't have the time to do the concierge service. Absolutely. So I think what the expectation was is that we want to try to build in a concierge level type service mm-hmm. within our um, you know, current surroundings. And I think what the problem becomes is that the constraints uh, placed upon the physician. And obviously I'm gonna talk from my individual perspective because I was a physician, but there are constraints across the board on mm. case managers, on nurses, wow. um, as you go forward. So one of the bigger issues we had was, wasn't the patient care. And that was fairly straightforward because we've trained in that and we, we know how to do that, but it was all the paperwork on the back end. And now with some of the newer regulations implemented in the last few years, we, we have to now um, not only do that paperwork, uh, but also try to justify certain actions yeah. where we have to put all of our reasoning behind what we did yeah. uh, into certain programs, w- which may spit out 
a positive or negative reflection on you, regardless of the outcome of the patient. So yes. this this put greater burden on the physician simply because it added an extra layer of paperwork. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking this morning when I was I was updating my website. And so if you go to askdrtommy.com, you have a little bit easier way to navigate. Thanks to my buddy Chris Pegg, who is a big aficionado of podcasts. He said Hey man, you should make it to where you can have the audio and the video. And so, if you go to askdrtommy.com, you'll see a nice big picture of uh, the Dr. Tommy show, me ensconced as uh, alter ego uh, Michael Corleone. And then you'll have watch live, listen live, listen on iTunes, or also subscribe. But I was thinking, you know, when you have a concierge practice, your practice can take on your personality. Absolutely. And when you have a practice like you and I, so tell me about the personality of your practice and how you start, how you came about that. All right. Well, when when we initially started, we we built the foundation of we wanted this to be uh, patient driven, uh, patient centered. But everybody has their own particulars on what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, my my personal um, preference, uh, and and I'm the. Uh, physical coordinator. Uh, I'm the physician. I'm also a personal fitness trainer and and I'm a health coach. So my personal preference was to be active. Mm-hmm. That's that's not everybody's um, forte, right. but I promote running. We have uh, monthly 5Ks and 15Ks. Yeah. Uh, we have cycling clubs. Uh, we partnered up with uh, other businesses uh, that do um, a- adventure outings where uh, our, our clients can participate even at a discounted rate. So mm-hmm. we do have B2B relations where we do promote that active lifestyle and, and that's my slant. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the greater function of uh, Evolve Personal Health is to basically uh, take the individual as to what their preferences are and mm-hmm. try to accentuate that. So if you are not one that you know actively got out there and ran every day or, or swam or, or cycled, mm-hmm. um, there are other ways for you to be active, to get in shape and we, we take the steps to kind of place you in the proper situations. So tell us about the uh, the life coaching, the introspect, introspective, what is that? Yeah, the introspective uh, counseling. counseling. Um, right, so that that is a, um, like I said, one, one of the uniqueness about our um, practice. We, we know that, um, we know that physical activity is good for the body. It, mm-hmm. It'll improve your health, that's, without a doubt. We know that nutrition, what we put into our body is equal to health mm-hmm. or or is equal to bad health, right? Um, mm-hmm. You can eat uh, a side of bacon every day and um, you're inevitably gonna get uh, clogged arteries. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we pretty much uh, can draw a direct line between that. Um, but what we, what we don't treat uh, is the ability to overcome the obstacles of the disease. So, when you're a newly diagnosed diabetic, or let's say you're um, uh, in, in your second heart attack, mm-hmm. your doctor is going to prescribe a few lifestyle modifications. Now, how do you practically get that into practice uh, when your life has been set in one way, you have a family that is used to cooking one way, mm-hmm. or your lifestyle or your work or other factors just inhibit you from from taking those corrective actions. Well, what we try to do is get you over those obstacles with our introspective counseling. We, we try to get the uh, patient to reflect as to what the solutions may be. We understand there are obstacles mm-hmm. um, that may inhibit your further progress into getting better. But we try to take a look at what um, what actual solutions we, we have and try to take those small steps into 
alleviating those obstacles. And we've seen some phenomenal results. So do you do that or you're someone in your office do that? So we, we, we basically have like a triumvirate where I am the, um, the MD as well as the physical counselor where mm-hmm. I try to get all the patients uh, up and moving and wow. we, we try to get them physically active. We have a nutritional coach, uh, Don Santos, who is, um, believes in a, uh, as well as a practice, we believe in a whole food, uh, plant-based diet. Um, and my wife, uh, who is the introspective counselor, Chitra Prasad Patel, she is a uh, wellness coach and an executive coach where, um, this, this is, we believe that, that main, uh, tipping point where once the individual can understand certain facets of what's inhibiting them, they're better apt to move forward. How long, if I've met with you or somebody meets with you and they do the introspective uh, counseling, how long is that session? Is that an hour? Is that 30 minutes? Does it vary? Right. So um, the great thing about a membership practice is mm-hmm. that uh, it's carte blanche. You have the time. And mm-hmm. if if you have the time, we have the time. We're there right. to serve you. Right. So we, we bill it as an hour, but we've had some clients go over. We've had some clients say, I just don't have the hour to give mm-hmm. you. And they come in for a 15 minute session. Other clients say, I can't even make it down to the office. So we actually have telemedicine conferences. So oh. we try to organize ourselves so it's conducive to um, the client or the patient. You know, that's interesting that you mentioned that because we have kind of the similar setup here, but it's not it's not said what we do here. But you're, you have, you know, this, like you said, the triumvirate. Um, we have, you know, Tracy and myself, but a lot of times a patient will come in and I'll hear them talk to Tracy. Mm-hmm about something they'll see me <clears throat> we'll talk about something and they'll see tracy and i can just overhear that they're talking to tracy about things that i didn't even hear about right so that's kind of neat that you do that well what, one of the great things is that um like you said uh people will will tell me one thing mm-hmm. and and they have their reasons for saying whatever statements they want to tell the doctor right but m- maybe it's a uh, uh, friendlier atmosphere or, or, you know, the MD behind your name makes right. you, uh, puts you on guard. As we know, certain patients will tell you certain things, mm-hmm. which they think you may want to hear. But we find in our practice, we, we cross communicate. So when, when a patient comes to see, um, the introspective counselor or the nutrition counselor, mm-hmm. we have team meetings, uh, at least once a week mm-hmm. to discuss how can we all together as a unit move the patient forward. And there are times where I find, you know, client didn't tell me that, um, right. yet they told you this. Right. Um, and yeah, Tracy will say, did so-and-so tell right. you such and such? I'm like, no. Nope. So we get a clearer picture in that way uh, because we're not just, it, it's not just the doctor communicating with the patient, but there are other individuals that get other tangential pieces of information, which eventually do become important in managing the patient's chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find that uh, when we cross-communicate, when we communicate across the spectrum, uh, we get a sharper picture of what the patient needs, what the obstacles are, and how to better improve the patient. Yeah. What is it that you think is going to be coming up? You know, you and I both have, you know, practices called concierge medicine, membership medicine, direct primary care. Yeah. What do you think is the next wave of this? Is this going to become more prominent? Are we going to see more of these practices pop up across the state, across the country? Right. What's uh, your I, feeling on that? Well, I think that's inevitable. Um, if we if we take a look at the current state of affairs, which let's face it, it's not good. We don't mm-hmm. have a decision one way or the other on which way we are going to go. So that leaves us in a limbo here, in a limbo state. You hear that, Mitch? <laughs> 
Dr. Patel wants you to get it together. You <laughs> right. too, Paul. Right. No, we, we, we certainly need direction. Okay. Um, but actually we need them to step out of the way, but that's all right. <laughs> I agree with the Dr. Tommy. Um, but, uh, I think I want to make an analogy to a different system. Let's talk about the uh, English system that has a nationalized system. But what, what they saw uh, upon implementing a nationalized system was there was a partition where those uh, that were covered within the system got a standard of care. And those others that um, wanted, uh, let's say, that extra uh, care uh, were able to pay for that care. They weren't inhibited from doing that. So it was a two, it's a two-tier system uh, right. that manifested in England. So just looking at the trajectory of mm -hmm. what concierge medicine uh, is here, mm -hmm. we've seen a phenomenal growth in the last decade where I think the total number of concierge practices in the U.S. was less than 1% about a decade ago. Now mm -hmm. we're approaching close to double digits. I think we're at about, we're at about 7% here. So really? we've seen a tremendous growth in that area. And I think it's going to continue because the partition is going to continue to happen, especially with the uncertainty of what's happening with the American yeah, I think healthcare. you're right. I think you'll see a growing demand for it. And also, I think you'll see that uh, the amount of people who choose to go outside of their right. system. You know, there's a right. big one of the big things about direct primary care is where people say, well, I have insurance. And then why do I need to pay you if I have insurance? And so that's a that's one of the things that people are understanding now is that insurance gives you insurance. So in, right. the, in the purest sense, insurance is to pay for things that are rare, expensive, and unpredictable. Absolutely. And then it mutated to become, well, it's not insurance. We call it insurance, but it's really a health plan. It's a prepaid health plan. And right. so if you happen to sprain your toe or if you happen to have a heart attack, we'll cover you, prepaid health plan. And that was that. And then so back, you know, they used to have deductibles that were, you know, $500, $5,000, mm -hmm. whatever. And then we started having Obamacare and a, and a Affordable Care Act, put all these mandates in and then have all these artificial price uh, constraints mm -hmm. that have caused insurance now. So people say they have insurance, they have a $5,000 deductible. Uh, it, it covers nothing up until $5,000, essentially. And then um, so they're stuck. They're like, well, what am I going to do? I need to see the doctor. And so every time they go to the doctor, they're still paying. And so a lot of those people are saying, you know what, forget it. I'm going to cut out the whole thing. I have to buy expensive insurance. So I'm going to buy it. Otherwise, I get penalized. Right. But I'm going to find a doctor that I can see when I need to see him. Right. I can text him when I need to text him. And I can email him or her, him or her. And then I could see the doctor whenever I need to sure. without all of the constraints. And so I think it's going <clears> to <throat> you're going to see that influx of patients continue right. into this system that's freedom. And then uh, hopefully what will happen is the tail will wag the dog and you'll see the insurance come back into line with what insurance was supposed to be before originally. Right. And I think if people want to pay for health plans that are prepaid health plans, then they should be welcome to. And if people want to pay for insurance that is covering catastrophic stuff only, they should be able to do that. And that's what you need to do, Mitch and Paul and all right. you other guys up there. Well, I think once people do the math, especially with the rates that we're seeing now, um, they'll find that we are a much more affordable option. Mm -hmm. You are much more available to them. Um, mm -hmm. It's much more, it's personalized. And and it's at a vastly cheaper cost. So I, I don't disagree um, that people should have catastrophic insurance, insurance the way insurance is built in case something uh, bad happens. Mm -hmm. you, you Your your car insurer is not gonna pay for your monthly car payment, um, but they will pay for an accident. And, right. and in that same analogy, um, like you said, when we get insurance, we expect that 
our health is going to be paid for. That's not correct. Yep. Uh, damage to your health may be paid for, right. but you're going to have to pay out of pocket for, for maintenance costs. Right. Yeah, I think you were alluding to it earlier uh, when you said, you know, if when they decide what they're going to do. And I think I think they are we are at a standstill in the consuming public about healthcare because right. in doctors, too. It's like, well, what are you guys going to do? You've you've made this Affordable Care Act thing, which is a monstrosity, universally panned from Democrats and Republicans. You know, so it just depends on whether you say we should scrap the whole thing or fix it. And so anyway, so it's you, you guys made this. And so here we are still waiting on you now to fix something else. Right. It, it's, been, so it's been years. It's very and it, frustrating. The implementation, the, the gradual implementation of something um, that we kind of understood wasn't uh, wasn't going to be uh, the best system, um, trying to alleviate a system that was uh, essentially going to be a behemoth and wouldn't be able to carry its own weight. We have not solved that problem. What do you think about, and this is an interesting uh, thing that I've seen, is in California there's a movement to have a single payer program for California. Right. What do you think? Is California, um, is that a, what, what would, I mean, obviously people have their own judgments about whether it's not single payer is good, but I personally, and I want, I want to hear what you'd like to say, but I personally would rather see that where if California wants to choose that, then they can choose it. Because you see people all the time who say, we sh- we're the only industrialized country that doesn't have single payer. Yes. Okay, so fine. So let's say that you want single payer. I think, in our United States of America, where a state like California is as big or bigger than most countries in Europe where they have this, why not let a state do it? Sure. Well, why well, not let California or Vermont or whoever pick your choice do something unique and let a different state do something else unique and have 50 different plans or 50 different or or, 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 or regional plans? I don't know. What do you think? Well, um, we, we do have a form of nationalized health care, which is called Medicare and Medicaid. Correct. And right. it's for a subset of our population. But if we... Um, presume that that states are the laboratory for democracy correct um i i i find it um reasonable for a state such as california uh this i believe it's the sixth biggest economy in the world right to say well we want to try to implement something that we feel is correct yeah. for our uh, population and they should have all rights to I do think it. that's appropriate and i think absolutely that's, i wish that our our leaders in washington right. would adopt that principle uh, where the, we are going to let you give you the freedom to do that right i think the the greatest thing uh, that'll come out of it would would be is if it succeeds yeah the rest of the states follow exactly. and i don't think there's there's anything or, wrong with or that. similar fails, states we'll or, see or or you know there might like you said yeah they, they they will follow it and let's say you know they may adopt parts of it right. or they may discard whole parts of it right we're, we're going to find that the benefits and, and the negative factors for having a um I guess, a, a national system. Tell us a little bit about your office. So we walk into your office, yeah. your clinic. Uh, tell us kind of what, what what is it? How is it? Where yeah. is it, first of all? Where is it? For <laughs> those of you in Tampa. We are located in South Tampa on West El Prado, uh, 2404. Um, it's called Evolve Personal Health. So when we were building uh, this building, um, we took into account a lot of different things. Now, as a uh, Many people in the greater Tampa area know uh, we have a plan to revitalize the, uh, the downtown area. I was just telling Trace about that, Jeff uh, Finnick. Of, of South Tampa. Yeah. Jeff Finnick and his group, the SPG Partners, are, are creating something called a well district. And it is going to be the first of its kind in the world. And uh, what they are doing is trying to create architecture that is conducive to health, mm-hmm. um, there is a a, a well certified a group that certifies 
um, architecture um, in aspects of lighting, um, uh, you know, locations of objects within the room, uh, just uh, little things that, that we would not think of as how it can affect your mood uh, are, are built into certain places. So we actively took that upon ourselves to create a location oh, so uh, you, to create a space. So y'all went down there because of that? Uh, kind of. Mm, yeah, well, our, our creation of this was uh, preceding the announcement of uh -huh. the Well District. So but it fits we, in. But it, it was a, uh, you know, we found that it was uh, mutually beneficial here. We created a place that uh, everything is hardwired. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't have any sort of uh, EMF uh, in the building, which was important to some people. Um, we also. Oh, so you don't have. No. Let's yeah. Talk about that then. Which makes it a little bit difficult uh, sometimes that. moving our. Um, so tell them, back up, because that's, that's interesting. So EMF, what is that? Um, electromagnetic frequencies, uh, you know, some people. Tracy's watching this. She knows exactly where I'm going with this. Right. They they feel that um, they have a response to high levels of EMF. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, my opinion doesn't fall one way or the other on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we wanted to do is be conscious of mm -hmm. of these problems, and so it was a it was something fairly easy because we're, we're building foundation up mm -hmm. to say uh, we are not going to have active um, EMF in our space. Okay. We do have a, a place called, uh, up, upon entering, uh, you see this vast opening and, it's, and we call it our quiet space. Okay. So we wanted uh, there to be serenity uh, in in understanding what uh, Jeff Vinnick's uh, vision is for this well district. We, we actually wanted a, a, a model beforehand for people to walk in and say, I, I can understand your example here. So we have uh, lighting filtration being done by a, an echo mesh that has jasmine vines coming down. Uh, we have, um, uh, you know, um, re recycled bamboo wood flooring. We have uh, um, a color palette that is uh, calming. So we, we've taken all of these little factors into account and created our space. And who's in there? So it's yourself? It's uh, myself, uh, the introspective counselor, mm -hmm. and our nutritionist. Now, along with that, mm -hmm. we also have in our Great Space programming uh, every day. And by programming, I mean we have uh, yoga, we have breath work, uh, we have um, a massage therapist uh, on staff that uh, our clients can use. So we have a lot of ancillary services um, for our clients as well in whatever Whatever comes to us, if a client says, hey, I want to learn about juicing, we actually have a, a person come in talking about how to juice and what are the best vegetables to use. So One of our we, patients today was juicing. He started juicing. He lost, like, he's lost yeah. a lot of weight. Right. We, we have monthly programs uh, as far as educational programs. And we have um, B2B contacts where we do um, something that uh, a mutual friend of ours, Sharon Feckety, brought up. Uh, the Doctor uh, Whisperer. The Doctor Whisperer, that's right. So we were working with Sharon uh, in the beginning stages and we realized that uh, business to business contact, local businesses are uh, certainly an advantage for us. So we bring in, um, uh, not necessarily just uh, health businesses, we bring in um, grocers, juicers, other people, um, running clubs, and we allow our patients to be exposed to diverse ideas, uh, diverse businesses, um, just to see, you know, if any one of them uh, flies with the patient. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that you're there. I think it's a great place to be. Uh, granted, we're completely on the other side of Tampa, and we think right. this is a great place to be too. But uh, it's awesome to have new faces uh, every day. And like you said, I think uh, it is going to become more prominent. 
And I think there's going to so. be more and more people doing this. And uh, I think the more we can learn from each other, I think it's cool. Absolutely. And I think it's also cool that uh, we can spread the word doing things like this. Um, so Dr. We, Tommy show promoting other people who are doing the things that we think are on the cutting edge. Yeah. Um, so being on a cutting edge as you are, Dr. Tommy, I mean, you look at uh, uh, reports and, and studies that do show benefits of certain unproven modalities, which if and when you incorporate into your practice shows a great benefit for our patients. So, you know, we believe in, as you do, uh, a more holistic approach to health, right? Not, not a compartmentalized view where we're just treating the blood sugar itself and, and you send them out to a cardiologist and then you send them out to a rheumatologist. Uh, we, we take a look at a multifaceted whole view of the patient. Um, and, and if we want to give it a term, we practice lifestyle medicine where we take a look at who you are, uh, what you do every day, what you consume, um, what your stressors are, and try to fix a chronic problem such as hypertension or diabetes that way. We are in particular um, going to have programs specifically geared targeting these diseases for many patients because this is the single most important factor or single most um, uh, hindering factor in their lives, right? So when you have to take insulin three times a day, this is what you think about every day. The food that you consume is what you think about every day. So we want to try to build upon that difficulty of your life and to really try to alleviate it. We've had many patients that have been taking off, uh, you know, reduction in medication mm -hmm. as opposed to what what I did before is right, just keep adding. add medication. Right. Your lifestyle medicine is an interesting thing, and it's uh, it's one of the things that we're not taught about in medical school, and it's one of those things that I think has a lot of um, explanations for what we have seen anecdotally yeah explains it more on a scientific level sure and it helps people understand because there's a there's a big market for people who don't want to be treated the same old way absolutely and that's not to say that uh, you know those types of medicines don't have their places but there's a lot of times when other things aren't even tried yeah and until you are able to find someone patient wise and physician wise who are interested in trying something new yes uh, then you can sometimes get stuck in a rut yeah uh, I just wanted to cover this. One of our patients, one of the cool things about having a concierge medicine practice is you have all these engaged uh, patients. And one of our members sent us this, and it's from the Washington Post. It's about rip currents in Florida. It says, rip currents swept away a Florida family, then beachgoers formed a human chain. And so uh, this is from July 11th. And it says, six members of a single family, four adults and two boys, and four other swimmers have been swept away by powerful and deceptive rip currents turning below the water's surface. Uh, so then uh, one of the people who was on the shore said, uh, these people are not drowning today, Jessica Simmons thought. It's not happening. We're going to help get them out. And they formed a human chain, and they were able to uh, help these people get out of there. And so the, the reason I bring this up is because I myself am not a strong swimmer. And if you go out to the water, you have to be careful, especially for yourself or your, your family members, that there's these currents that can come and take you away. Yeah. And it's it's impossible almost to, you know, be able to swim against that. And you have to know what to do. And uh, for Florida, you know, we're surrounded by water on all sides except for, you know, going north. And then amongst that, you have all these lakes and things in the middle. So we definitely encourage you, you all to be cautious when you're out at the beach. Don't be paranoid, but be cautious. And then also make sure that if you're not able to swim, 
that you you stay closer to the shore or, or off out of the water completely, or if you're not a good swimmer, you stay. You know. Where- oh, absolutely. You know, just just to uh, first of all, that story shows. Uh, you know how how. How amazing people are! Yes, uh, you know we we always talk about um, talk this about country being 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 partisan and, and a lot right. of bad news, and and then you mm-hmm. read a story like that where people put their lives at risk, right, uh, to save four other individuals, and mm-hmm. that's, that's such an amazing story. Yeah, um, I think. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I I did have an instance uh, where uh, something like that happened to a friend of mine. We were um, on spring break at some Caribbean country and. Um, I guess everybody thinks they're a pretty good swimmer, right. even wading in uh, waist high water. It wasn't even a minute before uh, he was uh, drifting about, I would say, 30, 40 feet away. Whoa. And, you know, when when you're just a bunch of teenagers, right. uh, you're not sure if this guy's playing around or, right. or if it's something serious. And... Probably a good two minutes uh, into it, we realized he's flailing way too much. Oh my god! Yeah, and um, so you know, we we eventually swam in. A uh, few of my friends, we swam in, and and it, when you're pulled out from a rip current, um, what they tell you is to swim diagonal or parallel to the shore. Now it's it's obviously a, a longer line to get to the shore. It's right. not directly in. But uh, what it'll do is it kind of counter the rip current. The rip current is pushing against you if you're going perpendicular to the shore. Right. So you want to swim in line with that rip. So current. you don't exhaust yourself. Right. And so you want to let it push you towards that shore as well. So swim in a diagonal line, essentially almost parallel to that shore. So we we eventually uh, saved him, but it can happen in an instant. So uh, you know, even whether you're a strong swimmer or not. Nobody's immune to this, and it can happen so quickly. So just be on your guard yeah, uh, when you're having fun. You hate to read about it. When, yeah. Fortunately, this wasn't a bad, um, bad outcome. But you hate to read about it. Right. People lose their lives when they're you know trying to go have fun. Doctor Patel, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Dr. Look Tony. forward to talking to it's you further. To and uh, you know maybe um, you know in a year from now we'll we'll reconvene and see what happened. But we, certainly we should see you sooner. I would love to. Uh, thank you for having me on, Dr. Tommy. Appreciate it. And for all of you out there who are interested in going to AskDrTommy.com, I uh, maintain a blog there. And this is a, one of the blog posts I did was from um, about the guitar players who sing. And guitar players are known to play guitar, but they also sing sometimes. And the singer that we're going to uh, feature today is Brian May, the founder, co-founder and guitarist and, and sometimes vocalist for Queen. Uh, but this is him with the Brian May band and he's covering the Russ Ballard song Since You've Been Gone, which was first recorded by Rainbow in the 70s with Graham Bonnet fronting the band that is founded by Richie Blackmore. And so this is Since You've Been Gone. And for those of you listening on iTunes, we can't play this, so it's going to fade out. But if you want to learn about it or see the whole thing, go to YouTube and subscribe. Until next time, bye-bye.